0: this point just a quick recap Nehemiah was the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes uh, the the ruler of the Medo-Persian empire of the time and he got word about the condition of Jerusalem in the temple the walls had been destroyed for the most part the gates were in, in ruins it was things were not good there but the people had started going back to Jerusalem and Nehemiah got word about how things were and he he, he wept and mourned; and it was broken over the way things were. And uh, the king was able to see this visibly. He could tell that something was going on with Nehemiah. And Nehemiah said, here's, here's what's going on. My, my land, my, my, my people are in my land. Things aren't good there. And the king said, well, what do you need? And Nehemiah said, well, I want to go back. And the king says, well, whatever you need, I'll give it to you. And so the king uh, gave Nehemiah the ability to get... The the materials that he needed as he went back to Jerusalem and prepared to rebuild the walls. And he went back into Jerusalem and one night he he took a few folks with him and they went around to kind of gauge and see what what the scope of the damage was. And then he told the people his plan here's what we're going to do we're going to rebuild this wall. And the people, it says, toward the end of Nehemiah 2, were encouraged. They were encouraged. But then we were also introduced to some enemies. Sanballat being uh, one of those enemies and Tobias being another one of those enemies. And, And they were not happy about what was going on, that the Jews were moving back into Jerusalem, that they were beginning to rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls and rebuild the gate. And last week we talked about some of those gates and you saw on the map that I handed out to you just kind of an outline of Jerusalem. Now... In Nehemiah's time, it was much smaller than it was earlier on. But nonetheless, God's people were able to return to Jerusalem after the exile. And, and the walls were, the construction was starting. And we saw all of those different gates and all of those different walls we talked about. And a lot of different names, really hard to pronounce names. But all of the people were working hard to see that the walls were going to be rebuilt. So things have started off very well. The Lord's favor is most certainly with Nehemiah, uh, both in the eyes of the king and and against the enemies that we're about to see that are going to come against Nehemiah and those building the wall. God has been good and has provided Nehemiah the opportunity to go and the materials to go and a workforce that is encouraged and excited about rebuilding these walls. So we'll pray And then we will continue on in Nehemiah 4. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak through me tonight and speak to us through your word, dear Lord. There is really nothing better for us than to read your word and to grow in your word. It tells us the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It tells us the truth of your strength. And it tells us, God, how life is in a lot of ways. We can... We can relate to a lot of these stories we see because we go through similar things in our life. So God, we need help to make it through this whole life. It is, it is often tough. And I pray that you would help us to find the help we need in stories like the one we're going to read tonight, that we can find strength in it and we can trust you through whatever we go through. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah 4, verse 1 When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious. He mocked the Jews before his colleagues and the powerful men of Samaria and said, what are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish it? Can they bring these burnt stones back to life from the mounds of rubble? Then Tobiah, the Ammonite, Who was beside him said indeed even if a fox climbed up what they are building he would break down their stone wall so everything to this point had been going really well for Nehemiah he had faced very little opposition things were really going his way the new project had started and both he and the people in Jerusalem were encouraged but as is almost always the case there's always going to be an obstacle in our life. There's always going to be a roadblock. Very seldom are things going to work as good as they could. Now, we all know that from little things like working on a project, some projects and some tasks that should be so simple, that should be something that could be done in 30 minutes, sometimes ends up taking two days. We've all experienced the difficulties of projects we're working on or, or things that we're going through in life, and there's always going to be trouble that arises, and that was the case here. Here, San Balot, he is he is furious. Now, I think this story is a really good spiritual connection for us. Now, we're talking about something physical, and oftentimes we face real physical things in our life, but... But I think that the the spiritual illustration is good here for our enemy, the devil. And that is when we are seeking the Lord and seeking to do the Lord's work and are encouraged and excited about God's work, then that makes the enemy angry because the enemy does not want to see God's kingdom grow. The enemy does not want to see God's people at peace. The enemy does not want to see any joy in anybody's life. And so here we see the enemy of Nehemiah, Sanballat, and what is he? He is angry. Why? Because of the Jewish people and what's taking place and how God is working among them. And so what does he do? He says something negative about them. He says, "What are these pathetic Jews?" Some of your translations may say feeble. These feeble Jews, these weak Jews, these people are nobody, they are nothing, they are weak. And that's a, an attack that sometimes perhaps we have to deal with on a spiritual level. Now we may deal with this on a physical level too. There may be people who, who genuinely come at us and tell us these things, who tell us mean things and hurtful things and really attack us with their words. That, that may happen to us in a physical sense, but it may also happen in a spiritual sense that when we are about God's work, the enemy who wants to see that work stopped begins to become angry and begins to accuse us and begins to place thoughts in our mind that we are weak, that we are feeble, that we are incapable of serving God, that we are unworthy of serving God, that our sins are so bad that God could never use us, that God doesn't want to use us, that we can never be good enough to serve God or to do what God calls us to, that we need to give up. Now maybe you've experienced those feelings before. I don't know. Uh, I know that 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 if I'm honest, for, for me I've experienced such feelings and maybe it's more so for those who are in ministry. I don't know, but I think that as a Christian that the devil probably attacks all of us in some way. He knows what our weaknesses is. He knows where he can get us and sometimes, that may be the tactic he uses with us, that we are weak and feeble and unable to do what God calls us to do. And so here we see this enemy of Nehemiah and the people using this tactic. He is angry, and so he is lashing out at the people, saying, look, they, they'll, they'll never be able to redo this. They'll never be able to get these, these walls rebuilt, and they'll never be able to do any of this stuff. And then we see uh, another, another one of the enemies there chiming in. In verse 3, it says, Then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, said, Indeed, even if a fox climbed up what they are building, he would break down their stone wall. So here's more discouragement. Somebody else is chiming in. Look, this wall, the work that you guys have done, what little bits you've done is so weak and worthless that it can't stand up to anything. Even a fox run across, it would fall. And perhaps that's how we are attacked by other people or by the enemy, saying the work that we've done is insignificant. The work that we do doesn't have an impact, doesn't make a difference in people's lives in the kingdom of God. But that, my friends, is a lie because anything we do with a heart to serve God, with a heart to love people and to love God, anything we do is good. Any good work we do is good, and it shows the love of God. And even, even the works that we do that may seem so insignificant, that may seem like they are nothing, that the enemy says that is, so, that, is, that is nothing. And Maybe the enemy does that to us sometimes. But sometimes even the smallest things we do have the biggest impact. Sometimes we think we have to do big things to have a big impact. But you'd be surprised at how a kind word or a kind action may have a big impact in our world. And so we have to keep doing those things. When we start off encouraged, it's easy to get excited about whatever it is we're doing. But then all of a sudden life happens. People happen. The spiritual attack comes. That's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter six. He said, we don't, we don't wage war against worldly things. We wage war not in the flesh and the blood, but it's a spiritual battle, he says. And so he tells us to put on the armor of God, a spiritual armor, so that we can be ready for spiritual battles. And I believe that this passage, especially here at the beginning, is a good example of not only the physical battles we experience, but also the the spiritual battles that we experience. All right, let's see the response here in verse 4. Listen, our God, for we are despised. Make their insults return on their own heads and let them be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Don't cover their guilt or let their sin be erased from your sight because they have provoked the builders. So here we see this prayer. God, we are despised by these people. So, so don't, don't let their sin go unnoticed. Now, now this is, this is kind of strong language. He, he says, make their insults return on their head. Let them be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt or let their sin be erased. Now, This is what makes God good, right? Is that he does cover our guilt with the blood of Jesus Christ. That our sins are cast from the east to the west. That God is gracious to us. But yet, we see this prayer here in Nehemiah that says, don't let this happen to to my enemies. To these people who are coming against us, who despise us, who mock us, who are attacking us. Don't let them experience this type of forgiveness. Now, we've talked about this in the Psalms, I know, briefly. And we'll talk about it briefly tonight because sometimes we see David pray similar prayers in the Psalms about, about things to, to his enemies. And we may see these prayers, and I think that we may be tempted sometimes to pray these prayers when people are coming against us. God, God come down hard on them. Don't be gracious to them. Show no mercy. Right? But I don't know that these are the types of prayers that that we should pray. Now, we cannot deny that we see David pray these prayers, and we see it here in Nehemiah. Now, were they right in praying those prayers or not? Well, I'm not sure if they were right or not. I can't say that they were right in praying those prayers or not. But what I can say is that Jesus calls us to something better than that in the New Testament. I don't know if it was wrong for Nehemiah and David to say such prayers. But I do know that it's wrong for us to say such prayers because Jesus tells us to do just the opposite. He tells us to pray for our enemies. And that is what we need to do. Now, I don't think that Jesus meant that we want to. We need to pray for their destruction. But I think that what Jesus meant is that we need to pray for their well-being, that we need to forgive them. Because after all, it wouldn't really make much sense for us to say, God, don't show these people your forgiveness and grace, which is the kind of language we see here in Nehemiah. Because the New Testament tells us just the opposite. If we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. And so there has to be this heart of forgiveness and this this prayer that our enemies' hearts would change. And that's a hard thing to pray. We may often, uh, maybe more times than not, want to pray a prayer like, like Nehemiah. God, somebody has done something so wrong. Don't erase their guilt. Don't forgive them. Make sure that their sins remain known. But I think that Jesus calls us to something better than that. We can understand the, the, the frustration that Nehemiah must have had, and, and God will certainly deal with, with people who do evil. But our desire, I believe, as Christians, should be that, that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance and forgiveness and experience the grace of Jesus Christ. Because after all, that's what the Scripture says of God, that he doesn't want anybody to perish, but to all, for all to be forgiven. And that needs to be to be our prayer. And so we want to be careful that we don't that we don't pray negatively against our enemies. Now maybe we want to pray for deliverance from our enemies. That's a good thing. Or that God would protect us from our enemies, or maybe that God would bind our enemies and that's good. But we want to be careful that we don't we don't pray harm on our enemies cuz I don't believe that that's what God would desire for us to do. All right, verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had the will to keep working. All right, so they are making progress. They're they they they're experiencing opposition and, and, and some threats here by the enemy. But they are continuing to do the work, and they've got the wall halfway up. And so things are progressing quite well because it said that people had the will to keep working. And that is maybe what we need to ask God to help us have in certain situations in our life is the will to keep working, is the will to keep going on. And oftentimes we begin things very encouraged and things come along, spiritual battles come along, things that occur in our life come along, and it doesn't take long until we may be discouraged. Maybe You may be discouraged tonight, I don't know. But that's not uncommon for us to become discouraged. But what we need to pray is, God, give me the will to keep working. Give me the will to keep moving. Give me a spirit that desires to keep working. Because the enemy wants us to give up. The enemy wants us to be overwhelmed. The enemy wants us to feel worthless. But God's word tells us otherwise. And even sometimes when we know that, we still need to pray and say, okay, God, I know that this is true. But man, the enemy is really attacking me. These people coming against me are really weighing on me, God. I just don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I have the will to continue. But Nehemiah and the people, they continued in the midst of adversity, and they had the will to keep working. And we need to pray that God would give us that same type of will in our life. Verse 7. When Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the repair of the wall of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, and they became furious. So more of the same. So they have, they have, tried, they have tried one tactic. They have tried to discourage them by the things that they said and mocking them, and, no, nah, that, that wall ain't nothing. You, it couldn't even hold up a fox. What, what do you think you're going to do? You're not going to rebuild this wall. You're not going to get things back going here. They tried to discourage them with their words. And that proved to be unsuccessful because they've already got the wall halfway up and they are still going strong with what they're doing. And so what did the enemies do? They became furious and that's what our enemies do. When our enemies come at us and we don't show that we're giving in, we don't show that we're giving up, but we continue to stand strong, our enemies become furious and they may come at us even harder. So when we stand strong, We need to be ready to stand stronger because the attacks are likely going to keep coming. Now, sometimes uh, the enemy may flee. Praise the Lord that we have God's word and those spiritual attacks that we can use that. Praise the Lord sometimes even even physically when people come against us. That we seek the Lord, that we try to do the right thing. And and maybe in some of those instances, our enemies flee. But sometimes they may come back with a vengeance. And that's what happened with these enemies of (laughs) Nehemiah and the people. In verse 8, it said, They all plotted together and came to, f- excuse me, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. All right, so now it's not just verbal attacks, they are physically coming to attack Nehemiah and the Jews who are rebuilding the wall. And what was their goal? To throw Jerusalem into confusion. And you better believe that our enemy in a spiritual warfare is the author of confusion. Now, God is not. The scripture tells us that God is not the author of confusion. But the enemy, the devil, is the author of confusion. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He desires to steal, kill, and destroy. Not so different than these people who were coming against Nehemiah and the Jews. And so their first tactic did not work. And so now they're physically going to come, and they are going to attack Nehemiah and the people to try to throw them into confusion. And that is what the enemy wants to do to us. Man, sometimes the enemy can attack us in such ways that cause us to, to, to be discouraged, to want to give up. To have confusion in our mind that maybe we're not sure what to think about whatever it is. We we get so overwhelmed in our spiritual battles and our mental battles. And, and, and oftentimes that leads to anxiety and depression and things that we uh, may deal with. Maybe some of you have dealt with those things. Maybe you're dealing with those things now. But, but that type of confusion, that, that lack of peace of mind where our mind is just no rest and no peace and, 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 and no comfort and, and not sure what to make of things. That's, that is of the devil because God does not desire for us to be in that place. And so a good scripture perhaps for us to remind uh, remember is Romans chapter 12 where it says we need to be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind. And so when our mind is in confusion of things of the world and worries that we have and things that we're going through, then perhaps we need to we need to put other things into our mind, and that is the word of God, that our mind can be renewed, that our mind can be transformed. So when we begin to focus on God's word and seek God, hopefully that can conf- that, that that word comes in and that confusion begins to begins to go away. Because when we read God's Word and we understand God's Word and we know the truth of the power of God and we know the truth of our enemy who is a liar and a deceiver, then we can begin to cut through some of that confusion. And that's the tactic that uh, Sanballat and the rest of these enemies of Nehemiah used to try to discourage them and stop the work that they were doing. And I don't believe it is, it is very very different for us today that the enemy uses spiritual warfare to 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 get us to want to give up and whatever it is we may be doing for the lord uh and sometimes uh uh, people are used in evil ways evil people do evil things and come again against us and attack us and we need to be prepared that that the confusion of the world does not hinder us from doing god's work and does not keep us from having faith in god so what do we do when those times come when people are coming at us telling us we are weak when when the devil is coming at us telling us we are weak, when, when we are mocked for what, what we do, when, when those who come against us hate us and are angry at us and, and there's confusion in our mind and in our, and in our families and in our churches, what do we do to deal with that? Well, Nehemiah and the people did this in verse 9. It says, So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. And so the first thing they did was praying, and that needs to be the first thing that you and I do. And, 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 and that may not always be easy to do in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our attacks, because often in those times, our emotions make us feel a certain way, and our, our feelings can be deceiving, because sometimes we may not feel very strong, or we may not feel very loved, or we may not feel like we are worth much. But in those times, we must pray even if we don't feel like praying and know the truth of of God. And the truth of God will cut through the lies of the enemy. And so the first thing we need to do when we are under attack is we need to pray. And the second thing it says that they did is that they stationed people on guard. And so they took care of the spiritual issue first. They prayed to God, but then they also had to deal with things in a physical way too. There were other people there. And as we continue on in the text, we'll, we'll stop there tonight. But what we'll see as we read next week is, is, is the idea of all the people coming together. And so they seek God for help and deliverance and protection. But they also know, okay, this is something that we have to come together. If we're going to stand against the enemy, we must work together. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is what we must do. So whatever our struggles are, whatever our enemies are, individually, as a church, whatever it may be, we must say, all right, God, this is tough, a time of confusion, a time of, a time of difficulty, a time of, of just hardship. But God, we're going to seek you. We're going to pray to you. And we must keep doing that. We must keep seeking God's word. And we must be there for one another to overcome the attacks of the enemy. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these good words. And God, I, I thank you, dear Lord, that, that you show us a really beautiful way to understand what it means to be an enemy in the New Testament. Because God, we see that your word tells us that we were your enemies. But God, because of the grace that came through Jesus Christ, we are now your friends if we follow Jesus Christ. And so God, as we, as we think about our enemies help us to show the same kind of grace to our worldly enemies, dear Lord. That perhaps one day if we love them and and, and, and just share your word with them, treat them the way you treated us, that maybe one day they'll become our, our friend, dear Lord. But we have a great enemy and the devil, a spiritual enemy, God, that, that is attacking us often, oftentimes daily in some way. God, maybe those attacks are, are stronger for some now than others. Maybe they're stronger on some days than other days, God, but I pray that you help us not to get caught up in the confusion of the world. Dear Lord, I pray that you help us to be encouraged. It's not always easy. We may come to church and we may read your word and there may be seasons where we we are really encouraged and our faith is really strong. And God, there may be other seasons where we just we just really feel the burden of the attack of of the spiritual warfare, God. There may be other seasons where it's not as easy to read Your Word and it's not as easy to pray, and and God maybe we are not as encouraged as and excited as we used to be. But God, in those in those days, we we really are like Sam Ballot said we are we are feeble in a sense, dear Lord, in our own strength. But God, we are strong in Your strength. And so I pray that You just would reach down to us, God, because sometimes we just we don't reach up and seek you like we should. And I pray in our in our weakness and our disobedience, God, and our lack of faith sometimes even. God, that you'd reach down and meet us where we are. When we, when we have a hard time going, I pray that you'd help keep us going, dear Lord. Help us to see you and help us to seek you in all that we do. God, I pray that if there are any in here tonight that are under attack, I pray that you give them a, a relief. I pray that you give them, that you give them some peace from the burden. God, those, those attacks are tough. God, fear and anxiety and worry and depression, God, those things are, are real and they are tough. And so I pray that if anybody tonight is struggling in that way, if they have any enemy that's coming against them, God, that you help us to stand strong, that you help us to be encouraged, that you help us to seek you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.